Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash talkdirection. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast, where we talk about everything One Direction, from news to album updates to the weird thing Harry did on stage the other night. Talk Direction, by the fans, for the fans. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. And this is our 58th episode of Talk Direction. How are you doing, Kara? Um, so I just like, I, I think I I think I said my name at the right time, but if I didn't, it's because my brother, I think, is doing pull-ups outside, <laughs> um, right outside my door. Uh-huh. So I just heard a loud thump, um, and I was kind of thrown off for a bit. So if you hear any weird noises it's probably my brother doing <laughs> pull-ups for some unknown reason well, you came in at the right time for sure so. okay awesome it's just my innate senses yeah. that i just know when to say my name exactly. cool um how are you what's up i'm good i'm like looking forward to my uh work for the summer being over with two more weeks after tomorrow um, That's so soon, and then you get to go on a cool road I trip. Know, so and then I'm going to California, so I'm super excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's crazy that the summer is like winding down. It's very weird. I know it's nuts because like I have to like actually start preparing to like move into my apartment because mm-hmm. um, I've only ever lived in dorms. So yeah. I'm actually moving into an apartment this year, which is really exciting. That's so um, exciting. But I have to buy, like, you know, uh, a couch and a dining mm-hmm. table. And I'm, I'm living with my friends, so we can, like, split the cost and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, it kind of sucks, like, having to look around for, like, the cheapest futon. Because, yeah. like, it's, like, you know, I'm on a college student budget, so I'm looking for the cheapest crap. Mm-hmm. So it's literally, like, it's not, like, a fun, you know, you get to, like, decorate your place. Yeah. Like, I mean, I do, but, like, but, yeah. I'm getting, like, the bottom of the barrel. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just hate being, like, really um you know what's the word um what's the word like sensible I just like want to buy a disco ball and like (laughs) weird like neon alien signs you know Uh I don't want to buy a futon and like some chairs like that's not what I I want but I feel you I know I have to be an adult it's hard college life is hard I feel like you're never really in one place you're always sort of nothing's really your like stable home and then if you do have like somewhat of a room or a house or a home then it's like cheap stuff and temporary a lot of times and you don't you don't ever feel like you can always settle yeah I feel like I might have a different feel now that I'm in an apartment Mm -hmm. as opposed to a dorm Mm -hmm. just because I remember like freshman and sophomore year when you had like or at least I had um cinder block walls like Mm -hmm. it did not ever feel like really like a room it just like felt like a little like cell that you kind of just exist Mm -hmm. in and you just like are forced in with someone that you don't really know especially freshman year yeah it can be tough and then you come back home and like things are changed or you're like college stuff is just dumped all over your room so nothing is nice I mean your room is nice and tidy my room's a disaster but (laughs) you also have two people living in it though so that's fair um also I was just thinking about like how I should be grateful though because like some people's parents like once they move out of the house for college like um they just like totally take over their kid's room and like remake into a guest room like a gym or something and like I'm glad that my parents didn't do that because like I feel like I don't know what the heck I would do. Like, I don't Honestly, know. I'm not ready for that. Because you do live there for, like, three months of the year, four months of the year, you know, but... Yeah, and, like, winter break. Yeah, exactly, so... Yeah. All right, anyway. So, <laughs> back to One Direction stuff. 
We this is the episode that we are redoing because yep. we lost the sound footage. I don't know if it's footage it. <laughs> or sound audio clips or whatever. So the last time we did this episode and we waited a week and we're redoing it. And it is an extremely exciting episode because it's one that has been most requested and one that I've been looking forward to and Kara's been looking forward to. And we're super excited to be re-recording it for you guys. And we're going to try to like keep the energy up and like make mm-hmm. it new and bring new things to the table so that it feels like it's fresh rather than us redoing an episode, even though we've talked all about this. But mm-hmm. drum roll. I don't know if they can hear this. Oh yeah, that, that's okay. I can hear that one. The episode is the <laughs> Olivia song analysis. Woo! Um, so that's very exciting, and I'm excited to do this. And I'm so hopefully pumped. it will be good. Um, I was thinking that, like, if it was any song analysis that we had to redo twice, I feel like it kind of is a good thing that it was Olivia because, mm-hmm. like, it's one of the most exciting songs yeah, for us. So definitely. that, like, the fact that we could, like, talk about it more and, like, again is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, and I, I gotta know. say, when we did do the redo of some of the news stories last week, I think it felt really good. Um, yeah. Because we had to re-record news, but we kept it for last week's episode, and that felt pretty good. We had some new news stories, too, which made it more interesting, but... I think it was good. So let's get into news. Speaking of news, the first news story connects to Liam's going solo, which is what we discussed all last week on last week's episode. We had an entire episode dedicated to Liam um, and like what we wanted to see from his solo career because he um, said on Twitter that he's going to be having solo record deals which is very exciting, and we talked all about that. But something new came up, an interview with Simon Cowell, who we all know has been um, sort of a driving force behind One Direction since X Factor and when they began. Um, he said in the inter- interview, well, first, let me talk about like the sort of good thing about the interview. He was talking about Louis um, being on uh, America's Got Talent. He was a judge, which we talked about last time. Simon said, Louis was great. It was so funny and so odd that he had auditioned for me five years ago and he's sitting where I am sitting judging other people and doing it really well. I was really happy for him and he loved doing it. Um, So that's cool uh, to hear from Simon that he really likes um, Louis and likes that he's being a part of like on the other side of judging and to hear that Louis did really love being a judge. Um, Do you have anything to say about that, Kara? I just feel like Simon seems kind of like he would just say whatever he's feeling, so mm-hmm. I think this is pretty authentic. Yeah. Although, like, who knows? But, I mean, it, it's, it seems real, so. It really does, and I mean, authenticity, authenticity with Simon, I would definitely agree with, because the next thing he said in yeah. the interview is quite, you know, uh, re- blunt. revealing, yes, blunt. He said, you know what? We're talking to all the 1D guys at the moment. You know what the great thing about these boys are? Well, not all of them, just most of them. They're incredibly loyal, and you don't always expect that. Niall, Harry, Louis are amazing. <laughs> and God. I mean, we all kind of expected Zane to be excluded from that because we know Zane left, and I don't think Simon really uh, supported that um, move from like, like he was more supporting the boys in that because the boys were hurt. Um, but what was surprising was that he was saying all this and uh, Liam was left out and Liam is not someone he thinks is loyal to him. Uh, and he, he specifically names Niall, Harry, and <laughs> yeah. Louie are amazing. Oh, sorry, Liam. I, I put hashtag oh no, Liam. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, yeah, like we, we know with his um, 
his uh, record deal, Liam signed with, was it, uh, it was Capitol Records. Um, and actually the Doyen Global Entertainment, which I think is like, uh, Simon works with Psycho Entertainment and he's signed with Doyen Global, which does like sports and different things. And now they've added a new music segment uh, to support artists. So Liam's on that. Um, so he's not going with Simon and we don't really know why. Um, I don't know if it was a money thing or whatever, but clearly Simon was not happy about this. So yeah. what are your thoughts, Kara? I'm just like always kind of like shocked how like blunt Simon is in the news because he does not, I don't know, especially about One Direction, like he always likes to talk, like mm-hmm. he's never subtle about it, especially like you could say like some of the boys, not all of them are loyal, but the fact that he like literally names dro- name drops, yeah. like that's not a mistake. Yeah. Um, it kind of is a little sketchy. I don't really like that. It's kind of shady. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's not shady because it's, like, very direct, mm-hmm. but, like, also, I don't know. It seems like he's kind of trying to paint Liam in a negative light mm-hmm. so people think that he did something, um, to, like, get out of One Direction or, like, he's letting down mm-hmm. the fans or something, which kind of disappoints me, um, uh, on, on, uh, Simon's side. Like, mm-hmm. I support Liam. Um, but, yeah, I'm just kind of side-eyeing this whole ordeal i know it's very weird and like yeah i just don't know like where like why did why did liam want another place but like harry like it, clearly harry was happy with ha- being like in simon's whatever and signing a solo deal with simon's company uh i just i wonder like what it was that liam decided he didn't want to do i guess perhaps more money i guess that would be like the biggest thing yeah um but it's just so interesting like he did it maybe he wanted a break or something i know i I want to like hear the behind the scenes like i want to know what liam's gonna say i mean i'm sure he's not gonna be like completely honest Mm -hmm. which he doesn't need to be um if someone asks him about it because i'm probably i'm sure they will Mm -hmm. um but i'd love to know like what he's gonna say like what his like like pr answer is i guess yeah because like i'm sure harry probably would would get offered more money than Liam. Maybe Liam didn't like that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, uh, maybe. I yeah. mean, I'm speculating random crap, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, that's a little weird. What do you think that's going to mean for Liam's relationship with being in the band and having to work with Simon in the future? I don't know. Cause I don't know how much, um, One Direction is truly still like under Simon's, um, like control Mm -hmm. that's the wrong word but you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like managing Mm -hmm. system thing um um because I know that there was like a bit of a switch of management companies that they Mm -hmm. were dealing with so I don't really I actually don't know who One Direction is under right now so I'm just kind of confused foggy and confusing yeah I'm because I know at the like the trail end before they went on the hiatus like there was some like switching up so Mm -hmm. I literally don't know and I think they're kind of keeping us in the Mm -hmm. like the fog of that right. but I guess like also at things like going to perform on X Factor and if they ever do stuff like that I'm sure they're going to be interacting with Simon in the future um I I guess like that just brings into question how is it more like professionally upset but he still supports Liam as a person and wants to be there for him or is it like deeper than that you know what I'm saying yeah um so I don't know Mm. Um, Liam also tweeted, thank you for trending me today. I hope I always make you guys proud in one way or another. Um, cause the hashtag proud of Liam was going around on Twitter after all this stuff came out. 
Um, Which is very cute. I like that. Yeah. Very nice. We're always very supportive. Um, So our next story is about Harry and Dunkirk. And I wanted to give a um, little spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear about possible stuff that happens in the movie of Dunkirk, then skip ahead to our next news story because we will be talking about pictures we've seen from set. Um, so the first thing is we got tons of pictures of Harry leaning out of a train window. Uh, looks like he's coming home from war. Uh, he's like eating food and there's people like welcoming the soldiers home and um, they're passing food through the windows and beer and he's smiling and his dimples are out. Um, and Dunkirk is all about um, this escape evacuation of a lot of soldiers. So it would seem to mean that Harry had escaped Dunkirk and not gotten killed. And I think a lot of um, British soldiers and Scottish soldiers all got killed. Um, so that's what it looks like was happening. First of all, Kara, what did you think of the pictures that were taken? Okay, they were incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like, his dimples were full on in display. Uh-huh. Um, his smile was just radiant. Um, his hands were holding about 12 things in each of his <laughs> paws, which I loved. I saw this um, this post going around Tumblr that was like, um, like Christopher Nolan, like, Harry, do you have any special talents? And he's like, oh yeah, I can hold a bunch of things in one hand. <laughs> he's like, Christopher Nolan's like, perfect. And then gives him like four bo- like bottles of beer to hold in one hand. Um, I just thought it was great because it's very uh, reminiscent of that iconic uh, Starbucks yes. fall picture where he's holding yes. like a bunch of you know Starbucks in I, I gotta say I love that there's iconic photos of the boys that like if you're a fan I you know. just know exactly what is being yes. talked about so brilliant mm-hmm. and then the and then the set of photos that are like you know who your true friends are and it's like when Harry's yes. young he's holding like a whole bunch of Starbucks and as he gets older like it's less and less cups of Starbucks and then it's just like and then just with one, one Starbucks I literally love that. I love that there's 1D memes oh, that, like, so good. Uh, my fave. Um, but, yeah, what did you think of the pictures? Oh, I thought I they mean... were really brilliant. And, and like, oh, I was God. most happy about, like, seeing him. It seemed like he was actually filming. Like, they were actually filming as they did this. So um, we sort of got to see him acting a bit for the first time because a lot of the pictures of him on set are just, like, behind-the-scenes photos where he's, like, either getting ready or just talking to crew. But these ones seems like... They were in the moment, him filming, and I thought it looked really authentic. I mean, he was just smiling and, like, interacting with some of, like, the extras, but it still was, uh, it looked really good. Um, So I was really happy about that. I don't know if I'm, like, prepared to see his smile and his dimples, like, on a big screen. Like, I, like, didn't prepare myself for that because I was thinking war movie like there's not gonna be any smiling no laughter but there obviously is gonna be a little bit because they like to like throw in a little bit of lightheartedness and jokes and stuff so I have to really I have to really prepare myself for that Um, I have to just gonna be brilliant oh my god I'm so excited um so the question is because he's coming home from in escaping Dunkirk and on this train does that mean he lives in the movie Um, And there was a lot of speculation going around this, but the thing about the director of the movie, Christopher Nolan, he is known to either be super sneaky with the filming so that people Mm -hmm. might think that someone lives or thinks a certain ending of a movie, but really it's not that. Or he also like films multiple endings or films multiple characters doing different things. So you don't really know which is the real one. So it's possible the pictures that we got we're just from a fake thing trying to throw people off. Because obviously he knows there is paparazzi taking photos and fans there. And he wants to keep the ending of the movie 
to be a secret rather than like us getting these pictures and knowing that Harry lived. So perhaps Harry doesn't live. I know you had some thoughts on this, Kara. Yeah, and I just want to um, state for the record that like I would have never had that thought and I would not know the history about like Christopher Nolan if it wasn't for um, the account on Twitter called at Styles Movie News and they are seriously so awesome. They do mm-hmm. so much. I just just want to throw them out there. Definitely, definitely go follow them. We want to get them um, on the podcast post... one day. They're awesome. Oh yes, for sure. If they want to come on. Um, and so she puts up like she was telling she was uh, saying on Twitter how um just like how it didn't really wasn't really adding up how they were like how um they put up barricades right after this was filmed. So like they were thinking like why wasn't it happening while they were being filmed because it's this seems kind of like an iconic scene mm-hmm. that like you would want to keep under wraps mm-hmm. um and also the fact that there was only harry on the train and um you'd think if people were coming home harry wouldn't be the only soldier that survives the war mm-hmm. so there would be other people like hanging out the windows because that's kind of like an iconic like after war like celebration thing it, it's not just like harry and like twelve thousand people like <laughs> surrounding him like that wouldn't really make sense uh-huh. um so, um, yeah, she was definitely, like, really kind of, like, busting these, um, like, theories out, and I was just, like, very enthralled by this, because I love this kind of yeah. stuff, so, So, yeah. uh, does this mean he lives or dies? Like, what if, are they I purposely know. faking these photos so that, because he did die in the Dunkirk, or are they, you know, are they double, triple crossing us? I can't tell. Right? That's what I was gonna say, because, like, what if he actually does live, but he made it so obvious without, like, putting the other people in, so they would think that we, like, we would figure out that he's faking us, so then he actually does live in the end, because we are so assumed, or, like, we're so, you know, um, used to assuming that he's dying. It's just a big old mess, and I'm kind of excited about it. I love it. It's a, like, they don't know we know he knows she knows you know (laughs) yeah exactly the friends part exactly one of those situations um but would you rather him live in the movie or watch him die oh my god (laughs) i mean like acting wise you know i don't know yes um what a targeted (laughs) question um the thing is like when you're, like, really attached to, like, an actor or an actress or whatever, watching them die on screen is really hard. I mean, obviously, watching anyone's death on screen is hard. I couldn't but, imagine like, being a parent having to watch your, like, child. Oh, God, of, you're right. Yeah. Oh, wow, I've never thought about that. Um, But I just remember, like, when I was really into Andrew Garfield, like, watching all of his movies, like, his older movies and stuff, mm-hmm. they're all, like, great. But a lot of them are really depressing and sad, mm-hmm. and he would die in, like, almost every single one of them so like having like my favorite actor die in front of my eyes over and over and over Mm -hmm. again was very scarring to me and like the love that I have for Harry Uh like overshadows Andrew Garfield no offense I love you still but overshadows Andrew Garfield by like a million miles Uh um so I don't I don't know if I could handle that but also I feel like it would really emotionally impact me and kind of like a very tremendous way it'd be interesting if we got to see him try to like because that would be Unless it's just, like, a quick, like, whatever. A little shot, yeah. yeah. but, like, it would be interesting if we got to see him try to act that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, like, test. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna... I mean, this movie is not, like, some simple little, like, acting thing. This isn't, like, emotions, obviously. You have to really portray emotions that are yeah wide-spanning. Wide-spanning? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um, like a range? Yes, a range exactly. of emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't really know. Everything's up in the air. So true. Um, and also we found out he is wearing a uniform that looks like it's the Scottish uniform. Um, so I was yep. just... W- also thanks again to Styles Movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, everyone go follow them. But 
I was wondering if because he's wearing the Scottish uniform, does that mean he has like a Scottish accent for the movie? Or can he still have like the British accent being a Scottish soldier? I don't really know. Or is it not actually the Scottish uniform? Or like, was he borrowing a uniform and that's part of the plot? I don't really know. But do you oh, think you're about, right, you're right. what do you think about the accent thing? Um, I am just very intrigued and I'd kind of love to see him do a Scottish accent. Um, just because... I don't know. I mean, that would be awesome to see his, like, mm-hmm. range, and I'm sure that, like, makes acting incredibly, like, even more mm-hmm. difficult. Like, the fact that his first acting role would be an accent other than his own, mm-hmm. like, that would be insane. Yeah, and it sort of, like, makes a bit of sense in terms of, like, why the part maybe was so hard. Maybe he had to take, like, uh, accent lessons and, like, really learn how yeah. to get uh, a Scottish accent or something. Mm-hmm. Uh. So that's cool. I'm interested. It would be really cool if he had an accent, but I also kind of like want to hear his own voice just doing. I know, same, you know? yeah. So again, we will see. Um, and then a quirky little story from on set. Apparently, uh, this is a quote. There was a candy lady, and the candy lady told them that Harry is a Haribo lover. Is that how you say it? I say Haribo. Um, I think it's so. a candy brand. Uh, a Haribo lover, and so the extras nicknamed him Harry Bow and there was the case of Harry and there was the case of Harry rummaging through some extras stuff the extra offered him their apple or waffle but Harry wanted the finding dory cookies <laughs> <laughs> and that's like and someone's quoted this and put like the tag of last episode of diary of an extra as in like <laughs> someone who like overly is obsessed with Harry um so I thought that was just a fun little story. Harry wanting to have Finding Dory cookies and that's adorable. What the heck, Harry Bow? <laughs> Why does it sound like preschool? <laughs> <laughs> Harry is a preschooler. I know. In his little, he's like a little fish, right? In his uh, Dunkirk Sea. Yes. All right, main discussion. Yay! Um, so we're doing the uh, Olivia main discussion. Like I said, we've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for it forever. I'm so excited to discuss it. Um, Olivia is the ninth song on the One Direction album, uh, Made in the AM, and it sits between Never Enough and What a Feeling. So sandwiched between some good songs, What a Feeling's Kara's favorite song. So yep. you just, I know when you get to that part of the album, there's just like a really, end of the day is near there, and it's just like a really good section. I always would like to replay when I was listening in order that section of the album, because it was just mm-hmm. like, it, you don't know, it really got really like good at that point. Um, and Olivia is actually rated number eight in Rolling Stone's reader voted top 10 best One Direction songs. Um, and I know this list, it was reader voted, but like what a feeling was also on there. And, um, I, I just don't know who the, I think what a feeling was up higher. Maybe was it, did I say it was number one possibly? I think so. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was up there. So I just don't know who the, the population they're taking this like reader voted. Is it 1D fans or like music generalized fans? Yeah. Um, but I definitely agree that like what a feeling and Olivia are some of the best songs that One Direction has made. Um, and it, I don't know, it just seems like it was people who knew One Direction's music well because they're putting lesser, no so- lesser known songs rather than, like, a poll that might have, like, Story of My Life and Perfect and yeah. stuff like that. So um, that's really cool. Uh, and this song was written by Julian Bonetta, John Ryan, and Harry Styles. Um, and in the track by track, which was way back, like, in the fall they were talking about this song um and all the songs and you can watch the youtube videos 
um, on YouTube, obviously. <laughs> um, Harry was talking about Olivia and he said a lot of cool things that I think will be good to think about as we go into the song analysis for Olivia. Um, and I have written, I wrote, wrote down what he said as I watched the video and I included all his like stumble arounds, which I think a lot of times when you have things that are transcribed, they take out all the ums and like repeated <laughs> words and whatnot, but I'm just going to read it as Harry said it. So this is, that's why it'll sound a little choppy and weird. Um, but about Olivia, Harry said, <clears throat> the funniest thing about Olivia is that it is one of my favorite songs on the album because it is so different. And um, it feels very like, it just feels like so much old stuff that I love. Um, in general, just the sounds of the instruments and how it was done. We recorded the strings at Abbey Road, and it just feels like a cool song that just in the way we did it. And um, it probably took the least time to write, and I think it is kind of a lot of time when you get the best stuff is when they just come out and write stuff down, and it kind of almost writes itself a little bit. I think the greatest thing about music in general is you can put these labels on things and you can put names and things and it seems like there is no gray area, but it's not. You know nothing is ever. It doesn't have to be so literal. Olivia could be a place or you know a family member. It doesn't need, it's not necessarily about me. It may be an observation, but obviously when you listen to it, you assume there is a girl called Olivia, which could be true, but also isn't necessarily the case. So I think that it is cool kind of like to explore. I always think it is fun to take a situation or an emotion and then personify it. Um, so yeah, he said all that. And I want to comment on some of the stuff in here because I think it's really interesting. Um, the first thing is that every time Harry uh, talked about like his favorite songs on the album, he always mentioned like Infinity, I think mostly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um and I was just kind of wondering if that's because that was like the single at the time or they were trying to promote that song or if it truly was one of his favorites. But here he says Olivia is one of his favorites. Um, maybe he wasn't saying Olivia because like it's the one he wrote and he was trying to be like not like talking about not braggy about his own song or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but does it feel like Olivia was one of his favorites? Do you think like that's actually true or like how do you think that stands with what he said about Infinity being his favorite off the album? I feel like how could Olivia not be one of your favorites, know. you know? Like, I'm just like, I'm, I know I'm projecting, but I'm just like, how do you see Olivia and Infinity and choose Infinity? <laughs> like, no offense, but like, also, Harry, I thought you had some taste. Um, I think it could be like a humble thing, because uh -huh. I definitely could see Harry being like, oh, like, these people just like worked so hard. Like, I'm not going to mm -hmm. like make my own song like my favorite, but yeah. I just feel like he seems like he puts so much love and effort into this song. Like, yeah. the fact that this track by track is one of the longest ones, like, yeah. kind of just uh, goes to show you that he had a lot to say mm -hmm. about it. And um, I feel like he didn't really, I mean, for one, he wrote on it, but also mm -hmm. he has like the emotion attached to it. So I'm sure that like, yeah. I don't know, he would have a lot more connection to this song than other songs. Yeah, I agree. Like, it seems like this is, like, his baby. Like, his, like, his pride and joy of the album, almost. Yeah, I could see <laughs> um, that. He said that they recorded strings at Abbey Road. I mean, that must have been so exciting. Abbey Road is where the Beatles recorded most of their um, albums, and we'll be talking about it later. Um, but that's super cool. Um, and then the other thing was that, that he said this was one of the songs that they wrote the fastest. Um... And I don't know if that was like when he went into the studio with Julian and John and wrote the song or if he sort of wrote it on his own. Um, again, when you have collaborative writing works and credits, you don't really know who penned which lines and how much people did of each thing. Um, 
But I totally understand what he's saying when he says like some of the best stuff just sort of comes out and it's almost like it writes itself. Because I know with poetry, like sometimes I have those moments where um, like it all, like all the words just sort of fall out and you're like, how did I end up piecing these together? And it turns out really good rather than like mm-hmm. maybe if you're sitting there really like picking over things and trying to find the right words and doing almost like scientifically rather than naturally, you know, does mm-hmm. that happen to you, Kara? Yeah, for sure. Um I just feel like it's always a great moment where it just kind of like all comes together and sometimes it's like I mean writing can be painful where you're just like really trying to like pull every single like word out one by one Mm -hmm. um so when it just comes like naturally and it just like so effortless like that's Mm -hmm. always the best like feeling yeah definitely um and the last thing which we want to keep in mind for the um analysis is that he was talking about right from the get-go Olivia not being just one obvious thing like just Olivia being a girl someone's in love with like it could be so many things and I think when we think about the lyrics of the song we have to think about what if Olivia was um like a a place or a different person not maybe it's emotion that you have or another person that you've ended up sort of changing it a bit and making it into Uh, like a love song, but really it was about someone else, maybe a family member, whatever. I think those are so important. And I don't think he would say it if that wasn't the case, you know? Yeah. I think it's like he really wanted that to be clear because it could be anything and he didn't want people just be thinking, oh, it's about this girl, Olivia, and he's just changed her name and someone he was in love with or something. I think it probably wasn't that, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think we want to think all about that when we go into the analysis but first I want to get our early listener reactions so these are the reactions from some of our listeners way back when we had the um album like first dropped and we got people's opinions on different songs um so I'll read the first one and then you can do the next one okay the first one is from Exhil Harry Um, And they said, probably one of my all-time favorite songs. I really hope that they perform it at the London Sessions. And of course, the London Sessions have passed, and they didn't perform it so sadly, because I would love to hear this one live. Um, But right from the beginning, I think this was a favorite from our listeners and probably the 1D fan base. Yeah. Um, So Diana underscore Hassan 212 says, it's my favorite song off the album. Love it a lot. It is so much inspired by the Beatles. What a scene it would create. It would create if it had a music video. LOL. I want one BTW. And then the last one comes from at Phantoms Dave, who said, very Beatles feel psychedelic. And I love the Willy Wonka bit. Beautiful. Not sure if it makes sense, but who cares? (laughs) Um, And we'll definitely talk about all of this stuff that the psychedelic bit, the Willy Wonka, like the Beatles. Um, so I love that everyone just sort of had very similar opinions. It was like it struck all of us and like there were these things that stood out um, and it wasn't just like very, it was very much people had like cer- like uh, certain things that stood out to them with this song. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember the first time you heard this song or what your first impressions were? Um, I swear to God, I don't think I do because I feel like I'm about to tell a different story than the one I told <laughs> in the last recording. Well, that's perfect. Um, um, I think that I listened to it. I don't remember. I think it was like, a, it was kind of a blurry scene. I think it was, um, um, like at night, the day, the same day that I listened to What a Feeling because I was really trying to like spread out like when I listened to it. Mm-hmm. And I loved What a Feeling so much that I was so nervous to listen to Olivia because I was like, what the heck? I'm not going to love anything more. And I mean, I didn't, but like Olivia was such a close second yeah. that 
Um, and I, I remember I was in my dorm room and I was like, um, immediately once I heard it, I like loved it. I had a smile on my face. I was dancing around and I was so glad my roommate wasn't in the room at the moment because I would want to dance around to it because yeah. it's just like one of those songs immediately you just want to like just yeah. bop around. Um, so I just, I, it was definitely one of the ones that like struck me at first mm-hmm. and I was like, holy God, like how the heck could What a Feeling and Olivia be this good? Like yeah. I was enthralled and amazed. What a beautiful pair of songs. <laughs> yes, yeah, so true. Um, yeah, I have a really distinct memory too. <laughs> I know before I listened to any songs, I had known who wrote them. Like I looked up all the song credits before I listened to songs. Mm-hmm. So I knew this was Harry's song, um, so or one of Harry's songs, and I was very excited to listen to it and I was like saving it up. And the day I listened to it, my sister and I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. This was when I was doing my Um, semester at NYU and I had to go there for a fashion class that I was taking Um, and I was sitting it was sort of like we'd gone through the like fashion stuff and we were coming to the end of leaving the museum and we were sat down on this like velvet bench um, and there were these gorgeous dresses all around us and it was so beautiful Um, like these high fashion designer dresses Um, and we were just sitting side by side and I decided like I was going to listen to Olivia now and I put my headphones in Um, And I told my sister that I was doing it, like, so, like, don't disturb me. Um, And just immediately, as soon as I heard it, it was just like, oh, my God, this is, like, the best song I've ever heard One Direction create. And, like, we were just sat at the museum with these gorgeous dresses, and I was with my sister. Um, It was just such a nice moment. And I know I listened to the song two times through before I let my sister listen to it with me. Um, And I was like watching her face for her reaction. (laughs) I was like, especially at like the Willy Wonka bit or whatever. I was like, I hope she recognizes like what this sounds like. Classic Um, 1D fan. Yes. And it was just such a happy moment to be there with my sister. And I know when we ended up leaving the museum, um, we were like, we shared headphones between us and it was night in New York city and we were by ourselves and we were like skipping along to Olivia and we played end of the day and it's just like such happy memories. And I was relaying it to her too, the other day after we had recorded this for the first time. And she was just mm. like saying it was such a good time. And like the whole, our whole time being in New York, cause she was at Barnard and I was at NYU, just like being in New York that semester was like one of the best times of our life because we would just hang out so much and it's so filled with One Direction because that's when the album came out and obviously Mm. it's such a big thing in my life so it sort of becomes a big thing in her life so just such happy memories especially with Olivia so just uh I loved it that seems like such a like perfect day and I feel like that memory is going to stick with you like your entire life and like whenever you hear that song that's like what's going to come in your mind that's just like such a great time like your favorite song linked with such a beautiful memory like I'm just wow so so good Mm. so so good um so yeah let's get into the lyrical analysis of this song the song starts with the title, or it doesn't start with the title, but we're going to start with the title. The title being Olivia, which is a name. Um, and in the past, One Direction have used the name Georgia Rose in their song and Best Song Ever. And Diana in Midnight Memories, they had a song called Diana as well. So this isn't the first name that's a title, um, but it is the only name on Made in the AM that's a title. I mean, that is a name that's a title? That's, I don't know what I said, but yes. Um, but I know back before the album came out, there was some talk, I think on the songwriting website, uh, the official songwriting copyright website had 
a song called Adeline and something about Louis. It was something like Louis had written a song called Adeline or Louis talked about a name song being on the album. And we all thought it was a song called Adeline, which I think is still on that website, but we never saw Adeline come to fruition. Yeah. Um, but like Olivia did. So I was just, what do you think happened there, Kara? Um, one had to die so the other could live. <laughs> um, <laughs> That just makes me so sad. Like, I just want all their songs. Whenever we talk about lost songs, like, I just feel a pang of, like, regret and just sadness and loss. I know, like, what if they cut, like, some of the best songs? I know, especially because, like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, whatever, I'm just going to drag it. Um, I know I drag Infinity too much, and I feel like whenever I listen to it, I enjoy it, but I'm Uh just like, if Harry thinks that Infinity (laughs) is one of the best songs, like, I can't trust him that much, you know know what I mean? I, I feel so bad. I'm going to go listen to like Infinity pe- as Penance. What? I'm going to go listen to Infinity as Penance after this episode because I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel like we should be the people who decide what artists should cut and keep. I feel like I'm so good. I'm like, well, this was a cut song. You shouldn't have put this on. Like, I know. I think the fandom should song. vote. Seriously. Because you know? like, we like, know we're the we ones want. who buy and listen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I just feel like sometimes like we know better than clearly than their like team who like what would do better on the radio like they changed history um they changed infinity into history the single so like clearly like we know what we're doing i don't think infinity would have done at all like history didn't do great but like i know i definitely heard it a a bunch of times in when i was in the uk Mm -hmm. so yeah they've they've made some smart decisions like drive me down but some other poor decisions so yeah like midnight memories yeah (laughs) oh the the single not the album yeah which no one even remembers it's a single (laughs) yeah oh god um anyway so i like olivia as a title i think it works well i think it's a good name you think? I love it. I've always loved the name Olivia, and we have a great friend named Olivia, so. Mm-hmm. It's like an you know. ode to our friend. Although I don't so really true. relate it to her when I sing No, it. me neither. I always forget that, like, yeah, yeah just, like, two like separate a, things. Yeah, become a different entity, which is weird, because, like, you would think you'd relate it. But, nope. Um, maybe if she was, like, super into One Direction or something. True. Um, so, yeah, so then the song starts, but the, the lyrics don't actually kick in until, like, 11 seconds or something um before in the beginning there's sounds of people talking and someone says like four bars or and then you gotta rest four bars all right so we stop uh it sounds like men talking and i was thinking that it was the sound of uh the musicians and whoever the what is that called where they wave the sticks conductor conductor (laughs) that's the one a warlock (laughs) i was thinking composer and i know that was wrong so um yeah conductor uh talking um during the abbey road uh strings recording it sounded like it was a recording of them is that what you thought yeah for sure i'm i think that's what it would be so that was cool and i like that in the beginning i know sometimes when you have like little talky bits or like things that are added to the recording that aren't the song it can kind of be annoying um when you listen to it multiple times uh, but I, I find it interesting. I think it's a cool start and like you get to hear the actual strings player and it just like, it's sort of like suspenseful almost leading up. Would you agree? Yeah. And it definitely like sets the tone in not an annoying way. Cause it's sort of like mumbly. So like yeah. you have to like really turn it up to like even mm-hmm. hear the words. Cause if you just have it like at a low, like normal volume, it just kind of sounds like, like a low, like inaudible, uh, just mumbling, which kind of sounds cool mm-hmm. too. So and then and then that like contrasts so much when the music actually starts and it's very like loud and bouncy and fun. Yeah. Um, 
And so the first verse, which is sung by Niall, <clears throat> is, Remember the day we were giving up when you told me I didn't give you enough and all of your friends were saying I'd be leaving you. She's lying in bed with my t-shirt on, just thinking how I went about it wrong. This isn't the stain of red wine, I'm bleeding love. Um, and in terms of the music, it almost sounded to me like someone was like jumping on a trampoline, like that mm -hmm. sort of like bouncy, bouncy song and very catchy. And, and like you said, it just makes you want to get up and dance right away. Um, and I think Niall sounds so good here. I know, man. His, his voice just, I don't know. What do you think about the whole music and Niall singing part before we get to the actual lyrics? Um, I mean, I think bouncy is like the perfect term because it just like so it just like makes you want to just like swing your arms around mm -hmm. and just like dance with your friends. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and Niall sounds so good. Like his voice is very pitched low at some points. Yeah. Um, and I really like it. I think it really like brings out the gravelly tones in his voice. And mm -hmm. I just think he really does a great job of starting the song off right. Yes, Niall. And I noticed at the end of each of the lines, it's sort of like it sort of slopes like the timing of the words it's like da 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 yeah like, remember the day we're giving <laughs> like it's very like i don't know it sounds like someone's fast forwarding and slow motioning it Ooh, um, yeah and i don't know i really like that i think it just it, it reminded me like i know taylor swift talked about the syncopation i think is the word she used of ed sheeran's song lego house um it had an interesting like sounding and like rhythm to it um, and that's what this song sort of reminds me of, like, an interesting rhythm. It's not, like, perfect is very, da, 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 da. like, it's very yeah. straightforward, but this yeah. is kind of um, a little bit more fluid and bouncy, so that's cool. <clears throat> and I feel like that must take, like, some good vocal control to be able yeah. to do that. So And, like, do it the same every time, especially if you're doing, like, harmonies with people and whatnot. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then to get into the lyrics... To me, this was, like, either someone talking to another person. I guess, like, my question was, who are they talking to? Are they talking to the entity Olivia or... Oh, my God. The entity <laughs> Olivia. I love that. Um, well, yeah. So, like, were they talking to them? So, like, they're, they're sort of having, like, a memory. So, like, remember the day we were giving up. Um, but now in now they're also like having trouble like their friends were saying you'd be leaving you like they weren't it wasn't going well their relationship wasn't working um you were saying like olivia was saying that he didn't give you enough and like things were sort of falling apart um but now as well you have this olivia person lying in bed um with this with the t-shirt on and also thinking about how things went wrong. So it seems like while in the past there were problems, there might still be problems. So like the timeline was a little bit confusing to me. Mm -hmm. um, what did you think of that aspect of it? Um, so I was really trying to like think about why they would make a time change. But mm -hmm. I think that it was interesting. Um, I still don't know why, but I think it's interesting that they change from like we and you and all your friends mm -hmm. so like having a conversation and that mm -hmm. was in the past mm -hmm. and then now it's like when they're in the present like she's lying that's um what's that called third person uh mm -hmm. i mean i don't i don't really know but it's yeah. like not talking directly to the person so it's going from like a conversation to like their own thoughts yeah it goes so from it's past almost to assuming, present. assuming what they're like you don't know you're not in their head Oh, I don't know. That would be interesting. I was just like, I was just making a comment on like oh. that. It was like, like the uh, chorus is like broken up mm -hmm. into two like parts. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like very distinctly broken up by like the time and the 
the what's it called the focus mm-hmm. yeah it is um, very interesting um yeah do, do i mean i don't really else? know why yeah no then, i'm just like kind of still confused um and then we also have in the first line we were giving up so it seems like it was sort of a mutual um like saying we means like it was quite kind of mutual whereas yeah. like both of them were giving up and maybe it wasn't working for one way or another um either because i'm sort of thinking of all the different things that olivia could mean or the situation it could be in like perhaps because of them being in one direction and then they had to leave something um and if olivia is not a person i was thinking it could perhaps be a place so like leaving home and sort of getting away from england and olivia sort of representing england perhaps Mm -hmm. and then maybe la or america representing like the other thing that's pulling Harry away um, and having to deal with those emotions and everything that goes on it. So like um, having to leave your home, like still wanting to feel connected and still wanting to be there, but it's not working out because you've got other things calling for you in America. Um, Perhaps that's something or could be about a family member or whatever. But I did try to carry um, the sort of home country America versus England thing throughout because he did say it could be a place. Um, so as I analyze, I'll be thinking about that. What do you think of that um, sort of storyline, Kara? I think that one m- makes the most sense other than just like a love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can't really, I don't really see the um, family mm-hmm. tie. Um, so I definitely could see it like being a battle between like what you've always known, like your home place versus like the new experience and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, just like business or fame. Yeah, I agree. Um, I really like the line, she's lying in bed with my t-shirt on. Yeah. Um, it's a very intimate line where you're lying in bed with someone else's clothes on. Like, it's definitely, it seems like it's a serious thing. It's more serious relationship if it is a person mm-hmm. or if it's representing a country or representing home or whatever it's representing. Um, I really like that imagery. And then, of course, the, this isn't the stain of red wine, I'm bleeding love. is such a beautiful line. Um, blood often or red wine not blood sorry red wine often like represents blood um, like back in like Shakespearean day or whatever um, and love and a whole bunch of different things so it's it's I like the um, play on all the um, symbolism that we already bring to the table talking about red wine um, what yeah I was gonna say just like red wine and blood are also just like symbols of passion mm. um and that's what's like i said in the last time like it's also like low-key biblical like yeah whenever i think of like red wine i always think of jesus and like uh-huh. blood is always like there's always you know that crucifix kind of mm-hmm. thing going on um and also the color red represents love lust mm-hmm. passion anger so very like very intense emotion so mm-hmm. that like would play in also um and about the t-shirt bit um, I agree with you. It's definitely, like, very intimate and very domestic, very, like, long-term relationship, mm-hmm. um, not just, like, a, like a fling. Um, and um, I think also just, like, the combination of um, lying in bed with the other person's T-shirt on combined with, like, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know if the stain is, like, literal or metaphoric, but mm-hmm. I think that, um, like, being comfortable enough that you're just kind of, like, showing the other person your stains and not like trying to hide it is like sort of also an indicator of a long-term relationship um which I thought was kind of interesting because it like shows that they're very comfortable with each other um and not trying to like put up a facade of like perfect um perfectness um what's the 
what whatever perfectness yeah perfection perfection. i was like what's the yeah um and also i was thinking that i feel like stains this is kind of weird but like stains kind of like make things more like your own and like more homey because like when you think of like a perfect room that's just like completely bare and white like that's i don't know like when you go into a hotel room i mean obviously it's not that clean but like it it looks clean Mm. and it's so like sterile and like yeah. yeah it's so clinical and sterile so like i don't know just like mess sometimes makes it feel homey and uh, more comfortable. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My um, mom has a tea towel thing or whatever um, that says, like, um, good moms have sticky floors and, like, dirty dishes or something, like, dirty laundry. I like, love that. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, this is, I love this. Um, <laughs> I love that, like, you can just sort of relax and whatever. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, the t-shirt thing was that if she's wearing his t-shirt, is the red wine on her t-shirt from his blood of his love? Or who's where did the red wine spill? You know, you'd think it was on a shirt because it's bleeding love, like, in the chest or whatever. Mm. Um, but I was wondering about who the wearer of the t-shirt was. I don't think it's clear, but it's, you know, unclear, and it makes me question. Yeah. Mm. Um uh, and then, oh yeah, I wanted to bring up the Taylor Swift uh, lyric um, in her song, what did I say it was, Wildest Dreams, I think, that says, you're still all over me like a wine-strained dress I can't wear anymore, which is mm. another lyric that talks about um, like wine and relationships and love. And I just think that imagery is really cool to talk about like how love is, um, like it's so obvious and stained it's like right there everyone can see it almost and like in this one that's what that's what he's saying like i'm being obvious about it it's like i'm bleeding love i'm not hiding it i'm showing you i want you to see it yeah and in taylor she like wants like i mean a dress is something you put on when you're like going out Mm -hmm. and being more formal and like kind of just like presenting yourself to the world Mm -hmm. um and like a a stained t-shirt where you're in bed is just like so domestic and like i don't know just so homey and the other one is just like i have to like hide this away because i have to like put up a barrier and like put up a a facade of like perfection hey i got it (laughs) yes perfect yes um (laughs) okay so then we have the pre-chorus which is also sung by Niall. Please believe me, don't you see the things you mean to me? Oh, I love you, I love you, I love, I love, I love Olivia. Um, so, and this is where Niall goes like super deep on that last Olivia. It's like, whoa, like way <laughs> down there. Um, but it sounds so good. And like, who knew Niall could go that deep? Uh, Doesn't he sound exactly like Harry? I think I thought it was Harry up until like I listened and knew it was Niall, like uh-huh. especially on the last line because it literally it like has the same like gravelly tone yeah. as Harry. Like it's unreal, like how uncanny it sounds. Yeah, it definitely is, and it just goes super, super deep. Like we haven't heard that on a One Direction song. I feel like, yeah. especially from Niall. Yeah, for sure. Um, so to me, these first lines, it's saying like please believe me, don't you see, like, you're talking to the person, you're, like, begging them to believe you, um, like, please see this, look, I am, I, you do mean things to me, like, you mean a ton to me, and it's sort of, like, a questioning, like, don't you see the things you mean to me, it's very, um, like, last-ditch effort, like, wanting to the person to understand, or if it's, like, the whole country thing, which I was talking about, it's, like, trying to reassure England and his home, and, like, sort of metaphorically talking to like where he comes from and saying like 
believe me, I do still care about you. I love you. There's also this other thing that I need to go and do and go to LA and go, you know, go do movies or go be away with my band or whatever. But like, please believe me, you mean a ton to me. Um, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they can stay together, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. what did you think of those first two lines of this part? I think that it really sets a tone of the rest of the song in terms of, um, the singer and the narrator is not trying to be subtle about their Mm -hmm. feelings and they're just like really laying it all out there like this isn't the kind of thing where they're trying to play it cool and like wait the you know 10 extra minutes to make the other person feel like they're like I don't know playing hard to get or whatever like they're literally like laying Mm -hmm. themselves like on a table and being like here like literally like ripping out their heart and putting it on a platter for the other person um like this is not this is like begging and just like really trying to get them to like understand like how they feel and it feels like it's like there's a time there's a clock ticking like they don't have time not Mm -hmm. just that they want to go fast but they don't have it they don't have time Um, which would make sense with like how the boys have to live like moving all over the place and traveling and yeah um, stuff and then we have the wonderful lines oh i love you i love you i love i love i love olivia and this is one of the most amazing parts of the song in my opinion Mm -hmm. um it's like this tongue twisty i love you all the way to olivia and i will explain it again (laughs) uh, as i did last time the i just love how the like i i love you just goes so seamless into like i love a love a love olivia and olivia is like saying i love you fast obviously which i think carrie mentioned in an interview um an interviewer asked like why it was called olivia and he's like oh you'll be able to tell once you hear the song it'll make sense um and olivia is just like i just i think that's so cool finding like a witty way to say i love you with just like the name olivia it's so cool and it's just like i wonder if Harry, like, made that, mm-hmm. or, like, made it up, figured it out himself, or, I don't know, I just, like, want to know how that came about. I feel like it was Harry who did it, mm-hmm. um, but it's such a cool, like, uh, clever thing, and, um, you know, the name Olivia has been under our noses for however many years, so, like, none of us really thought of it first, um, or at least Harry's the first one to, like, do a song mm-hmm. about it, so um, I just thought it was really cool, and I love, like, wordplay like that, so yeah. I, I can really appreciate that. And it's something that, like, it isn't um what was i gonna oh these are the moments that we really want to know who actually came up with which words yes. like three people wrote on this song but like where did olivia i love you come from because i could picture that being something like something that could come from his family or something maybe they say olivia like when they like phone off like i know my family has a whole bunch of weird things where like mm-hmm. we almost like uh, have a secret language and i know that's something i think in psychology or whatever like where you almost like come up with a language that if you're close to someone you have. I know like the way like uh, my friends and I talk is very different from the way my family and I talk versus like someone I don't know too well. And like how you almost come up with a way of being and saying things. And I just thought that could be like a little quirky thing he could have had with his family or, or something he just figured out. I mean, whoever figured that out, like what a moment of genius. I know. It's like, Eureka! Um, But I think this, a lot of times something like this could be seen as cheesy, but I don't think it passes that line. I think it's just very clever and tongue twisty. um, And it allows Olivia to have many meanings because it is no longer just a name. Every time you hear it, they might just be saying Olivia. um, Even in the like, I live for you, I long for you, Olivia. It could be, I live for you, I long for you, I love you. 
Um, so mm-hmm. every time you see that, they're not necessarily actually talking to person at all. It's just them stating their love for whoever the subject is of the song, um, which I think just makes it so much more interesting. Yeah, I definitely don't get cheesy vibes from it. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I just really appreciate that, like, tongue twister sort of wordplay kind so of vibe. Good. Yeah, it's so I'm fun. Just... It adds such a fun thing. And the sound as well. Like, the way it goes so deep, it almost seems comedic, you know? It has, like, a comedic feel. And it goes, mm-hmm. I love you, I love you, I love Olivia. And it's so deep and such a funny sort of thing. And then the sound cuts off before, like, the chorus happened. And it just, it almost makes it seem like a joke. What did you say last time? I feel like you said something about it. Oh, yeah. I feel like it sounds like the kind of, like, Tom and Jerry where yeah. it's, like, um, the comedy is, like, narrated <laughs> only by, like, um, instruments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like old timey sort of like humor sounding. I don't know. Yeah, like slapstick. Yeah, exactly. Just really, really fun and adds such a fun element to the song on top of being beautifully music, beautiful music and then awesome lyrics as well. You have this sort of tongue twister bit. And then we move into the chorus, which is I live for you. I long for you, Olivia. I've been idolizing the light in your eyes, Olivia. I live for you, I long for you, Olivia, don't let me go, don't let me go. And I gotta say, Harry sounds amazing on this chorus. I'm so glad he had the chorus of the song he wrote, and I guess on all the songs he wrote for this album. Um, and I think the in parts of this chorus, there's this like higher ghosty sounding harmony um, where it repeats parts of the words and it just really sounds wonderful. Um, and that definitely gives me like the Beatles vibe for sure. Like yeah. that added harmony is like, I feel like what like brings it over the edge mm-hmm. that and then trumpets, like those yeah. two things like really gives me the Beatles vibes. Definitely. Cause if you go listen back to the Beatles songs and you really pay attention, they have harmonies on like every little bit, which is so yes. cool. Like that's a lot of times lost in pop. You don't necessarily get, or it's like not such pure harmonies. Maybe you have harmonies, but like, it's maybe like echoey or like you have something that sounds a little bit more techno, not just like voices singing together. Um, and I think Olivia sort of goes back to that, which is so nice. Um, yeah. Wait, I just wanted to say something before. I never know when to like cut in because oh, I don't yeah, want to yeah, like no, go completely ahead. cut, cut you off. But okay. So yeah, I'm literally going back to the I love you. I love you thing. Uh-huh. Um um, so I just wanted to say that I thought it was cool how, like, it seems like the words are, like, tumbling out of his mouth. Yeah. Because, like, that's how he, like, was writing it. Oh, so, like, so and that's true. how... I just love parallels like that. Like, man, I live for that kind of oh. stuff. Um, and also, I think it's interesting that, like, okay, so one of the first lines is, um, when you told me I didn't give you enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he's, like, trying to make up for the fact that he she didn't think that he gave her enough by like giving an excess and just like keep on like repeating and it's like just like you know just over giving yeah oh Um. that's such a good oh i'm so glad we're reanalyzing so many new (laughs) i know right i'm actually of things we're coming up there's so many new things to explore it's like like you know when english teachers say like oh i can read this book like every year and still find new things i feel like we're those english teachers now seriously (laughs) Um, I definitely love that. The pouring out. It's just like overflowing. It's bubbling out of his mouth. He can't control it almost. He like needs to let her know. Yeah. Um, So almost like excessively to the point of like, why excessively, you know? Yeah. Questioning. Um, But yeah, so back to the chorus. Um, We have the beautiful alliteration. This chorus and, and the song in general just like stands out so much because sonically, it sounds so cool besides the actual like lyrics and lyrical like meaning. 
but like the actual sounds of the lyrics, the alliterations and the assonance that scene, the I live for you, I long for you, Olivia, and then yeah. idolizing the light in your eyes. It's just so interesting and it may, it brings the song up that like another level where you don't necessarily see that in a lot of One Direction songs where maybe you're just thinking when they're writing it that you're just thinking about the lyrics or you're thinking about sort of the imagery or this aspect, but actually to think about how it sounds and how it sounds like how, I don't know, a lot of times in really good poetry, they'll pick words that sort of flow together, not just alliteration, which is maybe one of the more basic things, but like the vowels and how that sounds in your mouth and how it would sound interesting. And I think uh, the lyrics here just uh, like go over and above for that, which just uh, makes me love the song so, so much more. What do you think of the sound of this part, Kara? I just, I definitely agree with everything you said. And I think it almost gives it like a storybook, sort of like yes. fairy tale, like um, child's, what's that, like child's Wonder. rhyme, you know? Yeah. Um, what's, what are those called? Which? Like those rhymes, those like uh, rhymes that used to. Nurseries. Rhymes. Yeah, like nursery rhymes kind of thing that, I don't know, it's something that like, uh, like a parent would tell a child or like yeah. a grandparent would tell a child. Like it just has like a really like whimsical feel, I think. Um, and like, I just think it's, it's such a fun, like bouncy feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I think that like, even though the words are pretty simplistic, I think that they're like very carefully chosen, yeah. which I can definitely appreciate. Um, and the fact that they could just like, they said it was like, so it was easy to write is so amazing to me because I think mm-hmm. the words seem so per- like, it seems like something that you would have to like really pour over mm-hmm. and like agonize over every single word to make it sound perfectly, um, I don't know, just sound perfect. Um, so the fact that it just like kind of came out of them, which just is just so awesome because it just seems like something that yeah. wouldn't be like it, that. It, it like seems like something you'd need to be like, okay, what's the word? What's the word? But like, yeah, exactly. It's like it fell together in a puzzle piece and it all worked out, you know, yeah. almost like subconsciously perfect. Um, and then to go into the lyrics of it, uh, I live for you. And I sort of questioned why, what, what does it mean to live for someone? Um, and I was thinking it could mean Either that, like, they're your sort of only reason for living and you're living, like, because of them and, like, they're there, like, that's what makes you happiest. And maybe not in a sort of, like, gross way where, like, they're your only reason for living and, like, you have no value yourself. But, like, I don't know, in a more positive way. Again, I think it's all about context of the song. And I think this context of this song brings, like, the person still well-rounded and happy with themselves. They're not saying, like, I only live for this person and I'm worth nothing, you know? Um, yeah, I think that, like, human connection is necessary, and yeah. I feel like we never, like, really, I don't know, I mean, I mean, we definitely talk about, like, friendships and family relationships, mm-hmm. but I feel like we don't talk about enough about, like, how important human connection is, because mm-hmm. there is definitely, um, you have to have that balance between, like, being, like, happy with yourself, but mm-hmm. also, like, a human can't just, like, live alone, and, I mean, I guess you could, but, like, it's, mm-hmm. we're social creatures that, like, yeah. are made to, like, be in a community, so, yeah. um, I mean, living for someone is not as long as it's not like complete 100 percent, but like yeah. you know it's still fair to like have such strong feelings for someone yeah and i was thinking like if it was maybe a country or representing his home in england it could be like i live for you and i want to bring pride back to england or like even though i'm going off into america and around the world like i'm still living for england and england's my home um, yeah or if it was a person like <clears throat> living for them it could even be like supporting them like with actual money or living for them in that like what you do is making their life better type of thing yeah I think it could go a lot of ways um and then I longed for you I thought of it as a 
when you long for someone, it's like as if they're apart and you're not always with them and you're longing either to be with them um, because you're not in a relationship with them or you're longing to be with them um, because you're far away and you want to be home. Yeah, and I also, I thought that it could be um, they're longing for like a a deeper emotional bond and it feels like she isn't fully committed or like Mm -hmm. trusting in him um, just because like they could be physically together, but you know, if someone's not giving you, like, all of them, there mm-hmm. you can definitely tell. And that's what it, it seems like, that maybe there is a distance between them emotionally. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good interpretation. I think that could definitely be it. Mm. Um, like, longing for something even though you have it. Or even, like, searching for something that maybe isn't there, but you want it. Um, oh, man. You're trying yeah. to find, you're trying to make it happen, but it's not working. Oh, um, man. Getting deep here. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, the beautiful line, I've been idolizing the light in your eyes. Oh, so beautiful to say. Oh, my fave. I know. And this was interesting because, first of all, we see light so many times in One Direction songs, um, in the light in someone's eyes. And actually in the song, Diana, there's a line that says, let me be the one to light a fire inside those eyes. So in both songs that have names, we have um, light and eyes. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, this person is idolizing the light in their eyes and idolizing is a term where you're almost putting the person on a pedestal or looking to them as like a God or something holy. Um, and again, I think in context, this doesn't mean like they're putting themselves on a pedestal that is sort of let down maybe, or like, uh, that lets them down in the end. I don't think it's like an outrageous pedestal where you're seeing only the good things, but perhaps it is something where like, they've been idolizing the light in their eyes as in like they sort of made this person out to be so great and didn't recognize that the reasons they're having trouble with their relationship or trouble with whatever it is, um, is that like the person isn't perfect and they've sort of been holding them to this unattainable, uh, level. Um, but I think, I think it could be either of them. What do you think of this line or whatever else I've said? Um, so first of all, I love the sound of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I realized that, um, what a feeling also has to do with, um, has a line that has to do with like having light in their oh, eyes. It's saying, wow. um, but you've got stars, they're in your eyes. So oh. like all of these songs have like, they have something different, but mm-hmm. all, they're all like the fire, the light, mm-hmm. um, stars are all illuminating. So it's all yeah. like, um, very like positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think that was interesting cause they're like side by side in the album, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like at one point we should like go through and do light in your eyes or something we in your eyes because there's, there's so many of them. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, also, I just realized that there's another um, interpretation that's kind of like darker. Um, not too dark, not like full throttle dark, right. but um, <laughs> um, maybe they are like the narrator is sort of idolizing like their happiness and their positivity and sort of just like only focusing on the good Mm. things and like kind of not like realizing that there needs to be struggle in a relationship Mm -hmm. to like have a full like well-rounded relationship and they only want to see the good things and the other person's like you're not being realistic Mm -hmm. like you can't I can't be like perfect and happy all the time Mm -hmm. um and they're kind of realizing um I mean both of them are kind of realizing that like they were idolizing because I feel like idolizing is kind of a a strong word and I mean also 
it it does like just fit sonically with this mm-hmm. um but like i mean you could interpret it like that there's sort of like a, a distance between like mm-hmm. who the person is and like who the other person thinks they are mm-hmm. um but i mean i also just want to say we talked about this last time that like i should stop saying that because like That's our listeners i was like i was are gonna literally... say what our listeners are going to be like, well, we weren't there, so you need to stop. I know. I was going to say, well, I told you this before, Kara, but like, yeah. obviously you know I told you before. I know. So it's not weird if I repeat what I told you. I know, because I feel bad because I'm like, I'm repeating myself to you, but no know. one else knows it. So it's like our little secret. We're all um, faking that we've heard all these new things, guys. <laughs> not really. We're, we're saying things differently. It's okay. We actually are. I'm really excited are. about it. Um, but yeah, we talked about how... Um, the light in your eyes is such a great thing to be complimented on and it's like one of the best things that you could ever be complimented on Um, and it's like uh, it's very uh, like reminiscent of girl almighty when she you know mm-hmm. is walks into a room like a big balloon and they're you know she's like an ambulance and like all these different things that are like whimsical and sort of like um i don't know not just like steal my girl like she's looks so great in those tight jeans mm-hmm. um so i think yeah i think um last time you talked about um that did you want to go on your whole spiel? yeah yeah i'll, go, I really on, like I go, that. I'll yeah. go on my spiel um, yeah. was that I think this the, what happens is like you like a song so much and sort of you don't necessarily know what it is about the song that you love and then you go and look at I mean there could be a million things that you love about it but like specifically the lyrics you mm-hmm. you go and think about them and you're like this is why because like because they're talking about like the light in someone's eyes or the fact that someone's like a hot air balloon like that is so much more interesting to me and like more personal and more like positive than like you said the steal my girl line where it's like oh someone looks good in jeans or whatever which is fine but it's not it's not anything that interesting and like you sort of hear these and you're like oh that's why I like the song that's why it makes me feel good like that's why it makes me feel so happy because it has such positive like lyrics that don't make me feel gross like this relationship seems so much more um real and interesting yeah. than something in steal my girl where it's like i just like the best thing they could say is like no i want to someone wants to steal you away from me like that's the Gross. best compliment you could think of besides like i've been idolizing the light in your eyes like that that's so much more interesting to me it says so much more about like how deep the relationship is rather than like a steal my girl type of thing and i think you can do relationships that are sort of these one night things well i think temporary fix is a great great example or never enough like those do it well and those are like positive or whatever but you can see the difference between something like olivia and steal my girl where olivia just it just makes you so much more happy to listen and there's sort of a reason behind it god imagine us comparing steal my girl to olivia like my god we would tear down steal my girl so fast and that's that's another example of stupid song pickings out of one direction's team god no one likes steal my girl was one of the least liked ones off uh the album like why pick that one i honestly think that like truly it, it was like one of the lowest like if not the lowest like when people like heard the rest of the songs they're just like what did they do like literally, why literally god man i'm still waiting on that analysis of all the songs how people voted for different songs for made in the am the person that did it where you could like vote for what your favorites were yeah they never ended up putting out the data which is no. so annoying because i want to know like Right when the album came out, there was this whole survey you could take that got thousands of people like taking it about which are their favorite songs and what they thought of the different songs and how it compared to the album. 
Um, and the, the person who did it on Tumblr had done it for the past albums as well. And they're so interesting to look at because you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like we did all like like Olivia and History and these songs. Or, mm-hmm. um, and Steal My Girl was one of the least favorites on four. So mm. it makes sense to what our actual opinions are. Um, and then we have the Don't Let Me Go, Don't Let Me Go. And this is just like... This is the line where they're like sort of begging, they're repeating it, they're calling out like, please don't let me go. And it's almost as if the person knows that they are about to be let go or they are leaving or they are, you know, some a break is about to happen and they 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 know it's sort of inevitable, but they don't want to be let go, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And this line is the title of a song that Harry, I think he wrote on it and he sort of put out a demo he didn't put it out. It got released somehow um, yeah. in 2012 where it was just him singing on it. It wasn't a One Direction song. It was just some random song that he had recorded that was called Don't Let Me Go. Um, and the song, that song actually has a very similar, um, the lyrics Don't Let Me Go have a similar vibe to the Don't Let Me Go in this song. In it, the, the meaning of the songs, not the sound of the songs, they sound very different. Don't Let Me Go is a much slower song than Olivia. Um, but the meaning of the song is quite similar to Olivia. Um, and I was just wondering if there is a connection between this song that Harry sung in 2012 and like he never released, but I think he wrote on. And then did he take that line from that and make Olivia? Do you think there is, or how do you think that whole thing works, Kara? I think that could be, I mean, I think, um, uh, it's, I mean, at least I definitely do, um, take things that I've written, like, a while ago and sort of, like, incorporate it, Mm -hmm. um, and put it into newer things, just because, like, you always want to take, like, and, like, build upon, like, um, what you've already done and you want to, like, make it better, so, I mean, it could have been, like, a little ode to it or something or just, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, I don't know, a really deep feeling that he has that he puts in there, so. Yeah, and could you imagine if he's still talking about the same thing? Like, maybe oh, way back when he was, maybe if it wasn't a person and he was talking about, like, leaving England and leaving his home, uh, it could be that same sort of feeling. And now he's turned it into a completely different song, but has, you know, decided to carry a line over and it fits so well. It'd be very yeah. interesting to know that. Oh, it would be cool to contra- contrast um, Don't Let Me Go in this song or just to, like, we need to analyze Don't Let Me Go at some point for sure. Yeah, and, like, to his newer songwriting. Yeah, uh, we need to do more songwriting episodes to see, like, how the boys have improved their songwriting over time. I know. It just sucks because we can't know exactly, like, what oh, parts they did. I know. Ugh. So annoying. I know. Um, And then the sound of this Don't Let Me Go at the end. Also, Harry goes up into these really high notes that sound really beautiful. Um, And it, he goes into his head voice and I just want this so list live so badly for so many reasons <laughs> but this I think these parts would just sound so beautiful live um and I think this would be a moment where everyone would like clap really loudly I know people like clap at parts that are sort of like specific to each of the boys and like they like them a lot and I feel like this would be one of those moments oh it's so wild we never saw it live I'm just like it's kind of the thing that's like oh I guess I didn't see it live like I don't I know. even know it's the kind of thing that we'd be like freaking out over at a concert like you just know yeah we would this would be like hand gripping moment dying on yep. the floor um, <laughs> uh, and it's so weird because like it feels like made in the a.m. we've had it for a really long time we know the song so well like four seems like it was a bit a while ago you know at this point 
um last year we were waiting for another album could you imagine if we were like coming up with another album now like it feels like I don't know it almost feels like it wouldn't be the time but like it also feels like we've had the songs out for a while and we know them but we really yeah i mean when the when the boys went on hiatus we didn't know them as well as we know them now and like they hadn't ever really performed them live so um i wonder if we ever really will get these live i hope i hope to god we do uh even if it's like 15 years from now i'll hold out <laughs> i really hope like they've got to know these songs when they come back like and I, and I know I saw on a, on a Twitter poll, like, if people would prefer to have, um, I don't know if it was on the Lost episode that I said this or not the Lost episode, so I'm just going to say it again, <laughs> um, <laughs> that if people were questioned whether they would like to have the Made in the AM tour live or have a new album, um, like, to get to hear the Made in the AM songs live or have a new One Direction album, and the majority of people said they would like to hear uh, it tour live, and I think mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Would you? Yeah, um, I think we might have said it in the not lost episode because oh. I think Fishy <laughs> referenced it. But oh, okay. I mean, I I think I would rather have a tour too. But also, I have to like admit that like we're so lucky that we live in America and mm-hmm. that they come to see us because like yeah. not everyone has yeah. either like they don't come to them or they don't have the funds to do that. Right, so like yeah. we're like lucky in the fact that we get to go yeah. even um, online and, like, though getting to see them perform yeah, live. Yeah, and mean. like the gifts and stuff. Yeah. But it's like. You know, it's you kind of have that like fear of missing out FOMO kind of thing when true. you don't get to go to a concert. Um, yeah, but it's it's either one would be good with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then we have we go into the next verse, which is Liam, and his is say what you're feeling and say it now, cause I got the feeling you're walking out, and time is irrelevant when I've not been seeing you. The consequences of us of of falling out are something I'm having nightmares about. And these are the reasons I'm crying out to be with you. Um, and this to me uh, is they've like declared their love. And he said, like, he sort of made all these declarations before in the song. And now it's like, he's waiting for the response. Say what you're feeling and say it now. Like, we don't have time. Like, this is like, I need to know what you're thinking. Um, because I've got the feeling that you're walking out and you have that sort of dual feeling, feeling thing where say what you're feeling because mm. I've got the feeling that you're walking out, which is mm. interesting. Um, and and then I guess, yeah, I'll ask, I'll stop here and ask what you think of those two lines, I guess. Um, so I like that the first one, it definitely sounds like something you'd say to a person, um, like when you just like really are tired of just like beating around the bush and you just want them to be straight up, like mm-hmm. straightforward with you. Um, but it also kind of sounds like it could be like something you'd say to yourself when you're going to like sort of like a really, you know, yeah. what's going to like, it's going to be like a very emotional situation that you need mm-hmm. to like kind of like bear your feelings and you're kind of like worried about it. But you're like, you know what? It's now or never. Like, like I have to say up. something. Yeah. Like you got to like, you know, amp yourself up. This is like when I'd be listening to like, you know, I the tiger or something. Yes. Maybe some oh, old I 1D. Tiger. What a yeah, I the tiger always works. If you're like so having good. trouble, like getting motivation for anything, like writing a paper, like I will not, I have so many times played I the tiger before, like needing that like so last good. push to write a paper. I've done that with all my friends too, which is a great time. Like, you know, during finals when you just need that like extra push. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1D needs to come out with a song like I have the tiger, like we are the champions. So something like that where it's like, not focus on love at all. It's just about you being great and awesome and getting it done and being like, oh, I need one of those. I would love that. Um, sorry, I cut you off. Did you have anything else to say? Um, no, but also I was thinking it's interesting because like the, it seems like the, 
I don't know if this clock is or if this uh, song is like a metaphorical. What's that word? Um, what's time hourglass? Ooh. This it sort of seems like the last like yeah. sand molecules are kind of coming to a close because they're saying like I've got the feeling you're walking out. Mm-hmm. So like they kind of know it's inevitable and they're like really yeah. afraid of this happening. Yeah. So they're trying to like get all of their feelings out and like really trying to convince them before mm-hmm. they like finally leave. Um, and also I just feel like it's weird because this is the first time that they're saying like they're actually going to leave. Like mm-hmm. I got the feeling you're walking out cause nowhere else had they said like mm-hmm. they're, it just like seemed like they were kind of having like a, like back and forth, like, oh, we have to like figure out how to do this. Not like we're actually going to mm-hmm. end. Um, but yeah, but also I was thinking that the walking out could not be like literal, but it also could be like, she's sort of like receding back into herself and sort of like going oh, back into her shell yeah. and sort of like getting even more emotionally closed off. And then he like realizes it will be like too late to like ever get that trust and love back. Yeah. Or, or just walking out on the conversation as well. Like that's true. Maybe you're done. Like say what you're saying, feeling now. Cause like you're, I can tell that you're like almost done with this conversation and I want to have yeah. it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that makes me think of like, when you said something about dual, it could even be like two halves of yourself, like sort of tugging between. And I know this one is what we've talked about in a lot of songs, sort of like the past self or like, and then moving on to something different in the mm. forward thinking self. And that, that goes with like this whole England and America thing, or just like the change in general, like you can tell time is running out and like the hourglass is ending and you know, change is happening, but you still want to stop it, but you know, it's inevitable type of thing. And it could Mm -hmm. just be, like, a song about change and, like, not wanting to change and somehow, like, balancing the two. Mm. Um, And then we have, and time is irrelevant when I've not been seeing you. And to say time is irrelevant makes me think it could either be that, like, the person wastes time um, when they're with them. I mean, when they're not with them, it's almost as if, like, nothing they do really matters and, like, being with them is what matters and being, like, at home or with family or with this person is what matters and, like, what's important in life. Or, to me, it almost seems like time is sort of slow and warped when they're not there with the person. Is that what you got, Kara? I got um, that or just, like, they gauge time by, like, when he's seeing her, when he's not seeing her. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, three more days till I get to see you or it's been, like, three days since i last seen you. Yeah. Mm. Like, everything revolves around this and, and, I don't know, time is irrelevant. It's just such a cool little phrase. Also, there I saw, um, I forget where I saw this, but apparently, like, a bunch of some kind of physicist I don't really know (laughs) science that well but they're like they're like coming together and trying to figure out if time like actually passes or if it's all a social construct and it's really messing me up and I need to read it more into that but it's really messing me up me too like time can't be a social construct everything else already is like I know it's like our telling of time is a social construct Uh because everything else is Uh but I feel like there's like the things wear on you get old it can't just be like a, i don't know it's it messes me oh, up man that's so weird that's like I know. that's like when if someone goes into outer space and like time is different and they don't uh, ever like yeah i know i do not understand how someone could age less when they're in space it doesn't make sense to me like <laughs> what is that so confusing i know um god to be a physicist i wish um <laughs> so then we have the consequences of falling out so this is like what what are the consequences of them breaking up or moving to America or, you know, the band ending or change happening? Like, what are the actual consequences thinking about them? 
Um, and these are something that gives this person, the narrator, nightmares. And to me, these consequences don't seem like little things. It's like them really sitting there thinking about like what could actually happen. Like if we, if, if you're breaking up with someone, that means they're not going to be in your life. And this person seems like they were in a, like a real steady relationship or a close relationship, whatever, in whatever capacity it is. Um, and then not to be in that could mean a huge change for your life and not getting to see someone every day or talk to them every day and it would just like be a big dramatic thing and it doesn't seem to me like it's something small or small consequence uh okay. do you think do you agree with that or do you think it's something else or how do you feel about this line i mean it definitely seems like they have a very strong emotional connection it's not just like a thing where they've known each other for like one day and they like feel over like just over emotional it seems like a very like they're sort of like Jesus, I've said, like, so many times. Um, But it seems um, as if they have a very comfortable relationship Mm -hmm. and they're in a routine. And also, the words falling out Mm -hmm. are pretty uh, powerful because, I mean, it's not like an am... a uh, mutual... A mutual breaking up where they still still remain friends. Mm -hmm. Like, falling out is something... I don't know, it seems like the kind of thing that you never talk again and it's, like, very, like, ugly and just, like, bearing the worst of either, like, uh, both of you. Um, So I just feel like they seem like... They seem like it doesn't, like... Whoa, what am I trying to say? (laughs) It seems like they don't think it could be, like, an M... a a mutual split it seems like the kind of thing where it's like very passionate so it would either be like they're in a relationship or like they will never talk again yeah I definitely agree and I always feel like the words falling out is so much associated with friendships too like a falling out of friendship so whether they're breaking up as well it's like definitely a falling out of the friendship base that they have as well Mm -hmm. Um, not just like a little thing it seems like a big thing and clearly they're having nightmares about this so Um, yeah and then we have the line and these are the reasons i'm crying out to be with you and this one can be like the the reasons can be before is that like the consequences are going to be bad or time's irrelevant when i'm not seeing you or it could almost be like the sort of afterwards where ed's up going into the chorus after i love um, that after the pre-chorus where it's like i live for you i long for you and these are the reasons so it's like one of those lines that could go either way and be like a dual line which i think is Mm. interesting um and also like just the reasons that they're crying out like if you're saying someone's crying out to be with someone that's very like desperate and like you're like we've said the whole song it's like this last ditch effort or like this last like desperate want to be with the person um and you're like explaining why now and you're crying out yeah i was i definitely like picked out the words crying out also um like i was saying before this whole song Um, they're definitely, like, readily showing emotion and they're not worried about being embarrassed or putting, like, too much of themselves on the line because they know it's, like, they have to or they're, like, the other person's going to be completely out of their life forever. So um, they're really just giving it their all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have, please believe me, don't you see the things you mean to me? Oh, I love you, I love you, I love, I love Olivia. And again, this goes really deep, and it's it's Liam who does this bit, and um, I don't think I have anything really new to say here. Do you? Nope. And then we have the chorus again, and I think on this chorus, Harry was more shouty on the Don't Let Me Goes. That's what I've written. I don't really know <laughs> if that's true, but perhaps. <laughs> um, do you have anything else on this, Kara? No. Okay, so then we have this musical interlude part 
where we don't get to see this a lot in 1D songs. Um, so it's nice to have. It has like these, this little bit where it's no singing. It's just, you can hear the strings and the trumpets. Um, and it actually mimics which, like the, um, the melody that is to come, which is kind of cool. And like the little bridge that's to come. Um, and it's nice to hear this little musical bit. What do you think of this bit, Kara? I love this. And I think um, out of all the songs, this is the perfect song to do with, especially with like the mm -hmm. orchestral instruments and just like the big band. Yeah. Um, and just like, we, we, we both love the, you know, the um, actual instruments as opposed to like the more synth kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I love that they added just a bit that was just leading up to it. And I just think it gave like sort of like a dreamy, um, ethereal yeah, feel and like yeah, I just so feel like much. this entire bit especially with the like Willy Wonka comparisons mm -hmm. like this just this musical interlude I can just see like a like a gate opening up in the clouds and like yeah. we step into like this magical wonderland um and then here's the uh this what's it called the breakdown uh the bridge bridge the bridge god we i literally <laughs> never know what it's called but yeah and, and then this like magical like otherworldly bridge so true um, yeah, and then we have this bridge, and it, is, it lives up to that, and the lyrics are, When you go, and I'm alone, you live in my imagination. The summertime and butterflies all belong to your creation. I love you, that's all I do, I love you. It's so hard to not be like, I love a you. Yeah. It's like, it's not the <laughs> extra, I love a you in the song. <laughs> um, but this part is so amazing, and I think this bridge here is one of, like, the most loved parts of the album out of like different just like different lines and different sections i think this part is like stands out to fans mm -hmm. um and i know way back when harry tweeted the summertime and butterflies all belong to your creation um and this was before the album was released and i think i thought it was part of the song hey angel because he'd also tweeted hey angel and um talking about the summertime and butterflies being belonging to creation seems like it's very like there's like a, what is it, a god or something involved? Because like um, creation and whatever um, in the song, Hey Angel seems sort of otherworldly type thing, um, but it isn't. Uh, and it's interesting. I know on the podcast, we would have said that so we can go back and listen to that like little speculation. Um, but yeah, this, the sound of this sounds so much like um, the the sound of the Ch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory song, Pure Imagination, which I went and listened to. Um, this, like the actual notes just sound so similar. Uh, and the lyrics as well, um, I picked out a couple. In a world of pure imagination, or take a look and you will see into your imagination, have the same sound of and all belong to your creation. Mm -hmm. um, and also uh, there's traveling in a world of my creation. And just the entire song and the lyrics have a very similar sort of vibe, I guess. I hate using that word, and I think we overuse it, but it is, yeah. <laughs> it is so true. Um, it just has this, like, mystical, magical feel and lighthearted and summery and childlike wonder-esque feel to it. Um, and I don't know. I just get, like, bubbly vibes. And Yeah, for sure. What do you, yeah, what do you think of that? I'll, I'll pause. 
Um, well, I was getting sad thinking about the grandpa in Charlie and the Chocolate, Fac- Cho- Chocolate Factory, the original one, and I realized that I had this whole rant from, like, the <laughs> other time we recorded it. I was like, wow, I'm so predictable. I just always get sad about grandpas. Like, that's just, like, my uh-huh. M.O. Um, but I will spare you that. Also, why do I think of cabbage when I think of that? Do they, like, have cabbage like stew? Like, probably. Cabbage soup or something. Yeah, and when they're all in the bed and they were just, like, having their sad little cabbage. I love cabbage, but, like, it's kind of a sad vegetable. Yeah. Um, what the heck was I saying? Um, I don't know what else I was, I was saying there, but, um, yeah, I think it all, like, all the words are just, like, dreamy and the sounds are dreamy. And also, I, when I was listening back a bunch of times, um, to prepare for this episode, I noticed that, like, it didn't, like, completely switch, like, where, um, the music that has been, like, going on this entire song just, like, has an end. Like, they keep the bouncy, upbeat thing, mm-hmm. but they overlay it with, like, dreamy, calmer violins, Ooh. which I think is such a cool, unique, mm-hmm. um, technique, um, to, like, have it, like, really, um, tie the whole song together, mm-hmm. but also allowing, like, a small little, like, blip of a dream world to mm-hmm. exist. Um, oh, so it adds, so like, a cool, cool like, overlay of like cloudy like beautiful yeah. nature but um it's still like you know the bouncy upbeatness is still there and yeah. like I don't know I think that like I'm comparing this to end of the day where there's such like harsh divisions yeah. and like I still really like end of the day but I think sometimes the divisions seem a bit harsh mm-hmm. um where this is such like an easy sloping mm-hmm. transition and I think a lot of this song is about like sloping and like yeah. you know just like kind of like easy like breezy beautiful cover girl <laughs> um uh but yeah I just I really liked that I I'm I don't know I just I you know applaud them for that so good and, and it makes me wonder like if they knew going into it as they wrote it like were they taking inspiration from the original charlie and the chocolate factory or was it something like a happy accident that happened and then like it just like i don't know and these are questions i I don't know man you know i know harry where are you at where's your exclusive interview with talk direction and did like harry write the music as well as the lyrics or was he just writing this like as poetry and then like i'm just yelling about trumpets he had to help with the lyrics because he was talking about like trumpets and whatnot but, like, yeah. it is, it's so important to me to know, like, how this all went down. I know. Um, and I also, like, like what, uh, even if it is accidental or on purpose, like, it just makes me, like, what a way to spark a feeling in someone. Like, this movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, was such, like, a warm feeling for me as a kid watching the original one. I know my mom always loved it, and that, like, just makes me think of family and being young and just like it is magical like a land of candy like that's everyone's dream uh so just like it whatever it is it sparks something in my heart and i'm sure in a lot of people's heart because like we know this song and it means something to us uh to bring it into olivia just you know heightens olivia's level so much yeah i gotta play on that nostalgia factor exactly which is what made in the am does uh, all Mm -hmm. too well so true um so then actually the lyrics of this bit um so this seems like when you go and i'm alone so the other person is leaving them or sort of they're leaving them and they're both leaving each other um and they're alone and i think maybe you were talking about like the emotional versus like maybe they're just leaving emotionally and they're sort of alone emotionally um rather than maybe a physical distance um but i think it could be either um Mm -hmm. this person still lives in their imagination so like despite the space between them they're constantly alive in this other person's imagination um and like everything that they see the summertime and butterflies 
all belong to your creation. So you bring all good things to this world and everything good reminds me of you. Um, and like, you're the creator of good things, I guess. Um, but also like this whole, this whole talk about like creation and when you go and I'm alone, it does make me think of someone perhaps passing away and, yeah. and that sort of change. And then we didn't even analyze the whole song in that sort of, um, uh, idea and thinking which would be interesting to do but it does it does make me think of that because like you know when someone passes and you're like you're still going to hold them in your heart and they'll live on their spirit will live on in your heart and like in your mind and they that way they won't truly be gone um and maybe like when you're walking around and see butterflies you're like oh that is their spirit or their spirit mm-hmm. is in the leaves and like you feel them and you're reminded of them And that's what this reminds me of. And it makes me like, it brings this sort of deeper level to the song that we weren't really thinking about. Um, Yeah. Especially like thinking about that, um, like, don't let me go. And also like idolizing the light in your eyes. I think that like a lot of times there's um, the metaphor of like you, like when someone's passing away, you kind of see the light, like go out of their eyes a little bit. Um, Yeah. yeah, This is just getting really dark, but I think that it it could definitely be Mm -hmm. analyzed in that perspective. Um, and another way to analyze the um, you live in my imagination line is sort of connecting again to the idolizing um, the light in your eyes and just idolizing in general um, sort of like we've talked about this in the past where you can sort of like the um, the person that you have in your head like you know like the image of a person you have in your head can definitely be idealized and idolized um, so if this person's sort of like putting this other person on a pedestal um, living in an imagine like living only like if the person lives only in their imagination mm-hmm. it could be harmful to both of them because yeah. they'll sort of just like make make their relationship a picturesque kind of thing mm-hmm. that it maybe wasn't yeah. um but also when you go and I'm alone it sort of seems like a future tense thing it's like yeah. it's inevitable but like you're gonna go and I'm gonna be alone mm-hmm. which is like really disappointing and it's like like uh it's really distru- distressing yeah. um especially because they were saying in the one of the um courses before they were saying like um because I got the feeling you're walking out so mm-hmm. it sort of seems like they they know that they're kind of like the time yeah, is running it out it is over but like yeah. you're still trying, but you know it actually is over. Yeah, um, but it also could be like whenever you go because they like have a long distance mm-hmm. relationship or whatever. So yeah, it could be a multitude of things. So know? many things. Way to be Harry, making all this confusion for us. <laughs> um, and then the I love you. That's all I do. I love you. That to me is like someone opening their arms, saying like I'm laying myself bare. Like that's all I do. I love you. Like. I have no more emotions to give, but all my love. And it's just very, I don't know. I just love that. That's all I do. Like, I love you. Just, I don't know. It like gets me. It's very beautiful. I know. I definitely get sort of like familial vibes from that. Like, I don't know. I just definitely get like parental to child, Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. Cause that just seems like, again, like with the nursery rhyme, that seems like, you know, I love you this much to the moon and back. Like, that's all I do or something like that. Yeah, and I like the way it's like I love you, and there's like whoa, like I don't. Know, yeah, like it's extended. so like playful. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else about this bit? No, I just love it so much, and I love that like a lot of art is like um, derived from this line because it's so beautiful, and like so much could be done with this. Yeah. Uh, and then we go into the chorus at the end, and Louis sings it, um, and it repeats "Don't Let Me Go" a number of times. And I thought Louis just, his raspy tone to his so voice good. is so perfect at the end of this song because it really just like 
clenches the ending with like the desperation and the gravelly begging and it's like I don't know it is it it almost feels like it's like the very last effort and like they've gotten desperate and their voice is straining and Louis's voice just adds so much to that and it fits perfectly here um and then also the harmonies on like the end when Louis singing don't let me go don't let me go and then you have the other boys come in um and say Olivia and like the harmonies so on this oh my is God. so pretty and almost like haunting feeling um just what a way to end the song I love that like the background harmonies um really like meld together with Louis's mm-hmm. voice because like it's like it's intertwined and yeah. um I don't know you can't you kind of can't even tell them apart but it just sounds so good and it's such a like a huge finish mm-hmm. um I I love it and it's it I think it seems hopeful to me like mm-hmm. it seems like a good ending it doesn't seem like it ends on it almost seems a, like jazz fingers or like someone's shaking dude, a tambourine oh my god did we talk about that last time because no. I wrote that too I was like saying I could um, um I have literally right here in my notes I said I can just imagine this being a big romantic jazz in a rom-com and the person ending on one knee with jazz hands <laughs> so that's so yes. funny well clearly it sounds like that <laughs> yeah wow i love when we're on like the exact yep. same page yep. wow um perfect and like they're singing different words too louis singing don't let me go and they're singing olivia and like the overlap just works so perfectly oh, it's so great so so good um and mm-hmm. then after the song ends we have this little like clip back to maybe the abbey road studio with the strings are going and i know mm-hmm. we like disagreed on who said no yeah. way and i listened to it um again and again and again and i guess it is harry did you sh- it- caleb thought it was niall <laughs> if it's niall i'm gonna like bite my tongue I mean, i'm gonna be it, yeah it gets it feels like it gets cut off a little bit I don't know. Like, I, uh, but, but whatever. I think it's so cool. And I, I think it adds something. Like, maybe yeah, they've been it. listening to it. makes more sense if it's Harry, like, listening to the recording happening. And he's like, no way. That was awesome. So cute. I love it. Um, yeah. And then there's like some clapping going on. Uh, and it just, it's, it makes it like break, feel so much more homey and real and live, which I think Olivia is. I think those are the vibes you get from Olivia. Um, yeah. So I it like breaks that. the fourth wall, yeah. but like in a way that's not like, it doesn't ruin the song. Yeah. So, so, so good. Um, So, yeah, I think those lyrics, I think that was a good analysis of the lyrics. Um, There's just so many ways to analyze Olivia, and I'd love to hear uh, other interpretations that people have or, like, follow the passing away sort of storyline throughout and see what that sounds like. Um, So if any of our listeners have any ideas for this, please send them in. Um, And then we have musical analysis. I have some things for this one, unlike my usual sort of like spit out crap that I hear (laughs) from the song. Um, The first one is the trumpets. The trumpets were added um, in this song. And this is like, like the One Direction songs usually go with the sort of um, like produced, like overproduced, not overproduced, but like, what is the words? Like electronic. I feel like there's a word. Uh, uh, it's not like auto-tuned. It's just sort of like more like pop. Yeah, poppy and uh, electronic. No, oh, there's some word. I can't think of it. I know I use it. Um, not synth, right? Oh, yeah, synth. Synth, that's the one. Oh, okay. So like synthy sounds that are um more like computerized sounding rather than this song has a much more live feel with like the strings and the trumpets and uh, more orchestral, I guess. Um, And I think the trumpets sound great. And I know... Um, during the London live sessions, Harry was talking to Julian Bonetta, 
um, and saying that when uh, he was waiting for like the final version of Olivia, he was like listening to what was supposed to be the final version. Um, there were supposed to be some extra trumpets added. Like Harry had told Julian to add some extra trumpet sounds on the hey, 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 um, which is like a background part of the song. And they were never added or whatever. And like, he was upset about that. And I just find that so interesting that like, he wasn't able to go back and then like still add the trumpets or like what happened to make that happen. Where are the trumpets? They just got lost in the void. Um, But I think a fan or someone added trumpet sounds to the song to try to like fix that. And like, there was an edit going around back in the day when we found out about this. Um, but I, that does like give you insight into like how the boys have a musical aspect, not just like the songwriting, like they're there, like trying to say, okay, this is the sound I want. And it seemed like when Harry said it, he was like, yeah, I asked for this to be added to my song because this is what I wanted. And it makes it seem like he's more sort of in the, in like the director seat, like choosing, making decisions, um, which is something we don't always get to see. Mm. Uh, and then we have the Abbey Road Strings, obviously. This is, again, this album is one of the, I think, I don't know if they had strings in the other albums, perhaps, but this one really stood out to me to have, um, like, violins and cellos and those type of strings. So rather beautiful. Than just, like, guitar, and wow, it makes all the difference on this song. Yeah. What do you think about the instruments that they used here? <laughs> I love it, and it just gives such, like, a... I don't know, like, an old-timey feel. Not, like, old-timey, but, like, also nostalgic because I think that, like, this song isn't as, like, um, I don't know, it's not talking about a past relationship. It's sort of talking about a current one, but the fact that they, like, sort of use um, actual, like, live instruments um, and, like, uh, you know, harken back to the Beatles, like, they're they're putting the nostalgia in in the sounding factor mm-hmm. and also the Charlie and the Cho- Chocolate Factory bits. So they're like putting in nostalgia like in the sounding qualities, which is I think is interesting instead of the lyrics like we see in the rest of the album. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that that all adds to like it relating so much to the Beatles as well when we look at influences, um, like the musical instruments, uh, and then just the beat of the song as well sounds a lot like. I don't know, something from the Beatles era. And I know one song in particular, A Little Help for My Friends, was one that has been pinpointed a lot, having that same jumpy feel, I guess. Mm. Um, and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Do you have anything else about the influences? Um, I, like, wish I could know exactly like, what Beatles song I'm thinking of, but I can't think of anything. I'll have to, like, ask, maybe ask my dad for, like, a recommendation. I'll, like, have, mm-hmm. like, play Olivia for him and tell him. Yeah, because it does. It really does have that sound, and I love that. Um, yeah, me I too. I love it. works so well. Do you have a favorite lyric from... Oh, actually, I want to say, how do you think the music of this song makes the sound of the song and the lyrics sound even more amazing? <laughs> um, I just think it's such like a... I don't know, just a boppy, bouncy tune that's so, um, I think universally liked mm-hmm. um i think it's just like such a i mean i guess it's sort of pro- projecting me projecting but also i just think it just seems like the kind of thing that you could play at a wedding or something yeah. and everyone would dance it's well, not like I one generation wait. versus the other 
Yes, I know. Oh, man, our weddings are gonna just be, like, 1D, 1D's discography from 1, like, you know, 1 to 5, or however many they have. Oh, my God, and now Zayn's album, and probably Harry and Liam's album. Oh, my God, there's gonna be too many songs. (laughs) Overwhelming. Oh, Oh my God. Um, but, yeah, uh, what the heck was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, so I just, I love it, and it's, it's just so, man, it's just so great, and I hope that, like, at least... Harry maybe uses this as an influence to do his solo stuff or maybe One Direction when they come back in the future. Uh, I Hopefully. wish so much that Harry does this. Like, would you, is this a style you would like to see from Harry for his solo music? Yeah, at least for, like, some of it. Because, like, Harry needs some upbeat songs because I feel like Harry can emotionally destroy me um, <laughs> with his writing. So, like, mm-hmm. I think he needs a upbeat song or two. And this is the, definitely the kind of style yeah. that I'd love to see him pursue. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting and different. Like... I don't think you get a lot of, like, this on the radio these days where it, like, takes yeah. it back old style and it's just silly and loopy and fun. Like, it also has that, like, um, uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, like, I don't know, like, that just fun, silly, loopy feel. Yeah. Um, and I love that so much. And, and like, combined with, like, maybe the folksy stuff, like, that could be something so new coming from Harry. Yeah, I love it. Um, do you have a favorite lyric? Mine is, I've been idolizing the light in your eyes, Olivia, just for the way it sounds, mm-hmm. and I love the word. I mean, you know, idolizing is a very powerful word, yeah. but I think it, like, it's it's very cool sonically, so, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, me too. I like that one, and then um, you, uh, the summertime and butterflies all belong to your creation. Yes, so beautiful. those are both standout lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how would you rate this out of 10, Kara? I think um a 9.5 9.6 somewhere in that range <laughs> a little bit of a range there always I, is i am definitely gonna give this song a 10 i think yeah uh out of all the songs i could think of that i love this one i love so so much so this mm-hmm. definitely gets a that's 10 fair. from me um and that's mm. a pretty solid 10 i'm not too i'm not too worried about it i, I feel like mm. I'm, there's no trepidation I'm, I'm pretty solid in that answer oh um, man but okay, and then in terms of music video, uh, how how would you picture music video for this song? Oh yeah, that was in our last episode that I had like this grand revelation. Yeah. I mean, it was grand in my sense. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I I so like I was basing this off of like Caitlyn's memory of when she first. Um, heard the song Mm -hmm. and I thought it'd be so cool if it was like her and her sister like whatever two sisters were like in the exact same position that Caitlyn and her sister were in so like in like um you know a really uh fancy room of all these like beautiful like intricate uh dresses and garments and stuff in a museum and then they like you know the song starts playing and they um you know get to where they put on the dresses Mm -hmm. and then they just like kind of uh just like run around the city like new york city and just like everywhere they go like each step is just like you know flowers like start spreading and just like the city becomes like this magical landscape of like i don't know i definitely filled with a bunch of flowers Mm -hmm. and like very whimsical colors and just like full of life and um it's like intertwined with like the cityscape um and also i'd love to see some sort of cartoon element um and sort of like i'm thinking like I know the Beatles had a, like, cartoon movie, and I'd love to see that style. Um, I remember loving, I think it was called The Yellow Submarine, actually. Mm-hmm. I remember loving that style as a kid, and I think it's, like, so, like, psychedelic and whimsical, and it just, like, really fits. Um, and even if that was just in the part of the, like, 
um, the bridge mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool, but also, like, sort of incorporating, like, um, old school psychedelic cartoons, like, in the actual, like, live action thing would be so cool to see, like, CGI of, like, all the, like, um, you know, flowers and, like, animals just, like, going around the city, but then also, like, the cartoon characters or, like, I don't know, the boys as cartoon characters. I don't know. There's just so many different whimsical things you could do with this. I know, um, it makes me think of, like, wait, were you going to say something? No. It makes me think of, um, like, Mary Poppins, the scene where, like, the real people end up, like, talking with penguins and dancing with penguins and, like, the cartoons come alive. And I know the song Zippity Doodah, like, in the movie that's in, um, like, there's cartoons coming alive and real people. uh, And it's just such a fun combination. It makes it so much more lively and, like, lovely feeling, I guess. Um, I... I just think that would be so cool to have that combination. I feel like we should be the 1D director movie people. God, I know. It, like, hurts my soul to know that, like, this will never be... I mean, I'm never going to say never, never say but... Never. Yeah, so I'm going to hold out hope, actually. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Maybe they'll come back with us and, like, surprise us with an Olivia music video. Who yeah, knows? maybe they'll put us on as co-directors. Oh, my God. That would be brilliant. <laughs> ben Winston, if you're listening to this. Um, Hit us up. Yeah. James Corden, you know, tell him. Yes, exactly. Tell him what's good. <laughs> All right. I want to just close this Olivia discussion by renaming everything that I love about this song. I think just, like, <laughs> the lyrics are brilliant because there's so many ways to look at Olivia. Um, and because it's I love you, Olivia just, like, adds so many elements to it. The music is brilliant. Like, the actual sound of the instruments they chose and the way it's played, it sounds so magical. And that live feel that we don't get. And it stands out as a song from One Direction's discography. Like, there aren't songs like that. Um, You can't find that on past albums. And even on Made in the AM, it stands out as a unique song. There's not a lot like it, which just adds so much to it. And then on top of that, like, the sound of the words sound incredible as well. So there's just so many elements that make this my favorite song, and I'm so happy we got to discuss it. And just Me too. Brilliant. I think we had such a great second discussion. We really like, did. I was, so af- I was so afraid, but I think that we, like, really added so much new we things did. to it. I'm we kind of did. glad. And, like, and on the stuff you know, that we repeated, we just flew with it, like, rolled with it, went with it, and, you know, yep. it sounded super natural. I wonder if people will be able to tell what's new and what's old. Ooh, I mean, we did say, oh, this is a new <laughs> yeah. thing, but I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to skip everything and go straight to yep. the ending. And yep. um, So yeah, if you guys have any s- feedback or suggestions about the show, we'd love to hear your analysis on the song, Olivia. Um, anything you thought about it or any news stories you want us to hear us do or talk about or other news segments or comparisons, song analysis, we're always looking for episode ideas. Please let us know. Thank you so much for listening to episode 58 of Talk Direction. You can go to our Twitter, which is at talk underscore direction. Email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. Visit our website, talkdirection.tumblr.com or our Instagram, which is just Talk Direction, or follow us individually on Twitter. I am Caitlin I.R. Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And Kara, where can they find you? I'm Kara underscore pond, and Kara is with a C. And I also want to remind everyone that we are going to be doing a book club very soon. We will be doing Dan and Phil's book. What is it called? Um, this This amazing book is not on fire, a 
truly not catchy title, but still, I love them, so it's fine. And it's about the two. It's about the two YouTubers, Dan and Phil, and they talk about One Direction in their book. And if you go to www.audibletrial.com/talkdirection, you can get your first free audiobook um, and support the show, which is awesome. Or you can head over to iTunes and rate and review us, or subscribe to get every episode as soon as it comes out, as well as on SoundCloud. We're there also. Um, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kara. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 59. Bye. Bye.